The views and opinions expressed on this program do not necessarily represent those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. For more information on this or other KUCI programs, visit KUCI.org or KUCITalk.org. This is Heather McCoy's A face in the crowd. Whose face? I could be yours. Only on 88.9 FM Irvin. Irvine. I chose to start today's show with one of the most famous theme songs in the history of TV, that of Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, because that's the theme of the show today, neighbors, specifically mine. I don't know any of them, and I suppose you don't know many of yours either. Growing up in Westminster, I knew the people who lived in the houses closest to us. I have lived in this apartment complex for just over a year, and I only know the apartment manager, Jeannie. I closed last week's show on a story that acted as a metaphor about how in this supposed new connected world of social media, smartphones, and to a lesser extent iPods and cable, how much more disconnected we really are to our immediate surroundings and community. When my brother went away to college at San Luis Obispo, my dad marveled and was simultaneously concerned that my brother kept up all of his friendships he made at high school through AOL Instant Messenger. He was concerned that my brother wasn't developing friendships at his new school. On that side note, let's meet some people I've been living near but have never talked to before on today's show. 88.9 KECI FM in Irvine, and this is Heather McCoy, and I am with uh, one of my neighbors that I've seen a couple of times, and I haven't really sat down and talked, um, and your name is? Sandy. Oh, hi, Sandy. And so um, what were you doing before I caught you today? I was on my way to the trash bin to throw a few items away. So you're just kind of having a lazy day around the house, or? Yes, I take care of my mother. Oh, okay. 90. Wow, 90? Yeah, <laughs> yeah um, let's see. I don't think I had any uh, grandparents that made it uh, past 85, if I'm if my memory serves me correct. How's she doing at 90? She's doing pretty good. She has to have a cataract removed, and she has macular degeneration, which a lot of people over 75 have, and I'm taking her to a specialist. He does retina examinations only, and he's excellent. And so we're taking her now to get her cataract removed. I have to call the doctor this afternoon to make the appointment. And the degeneration, is that in the back or where is? There's a macula, which is inside the eyeball. And what happens is the vein grows and then it leaks, basically. And it leaks the blood from your body. And it's quite normal for anyone over 75 to get this. And they're trying to figure out a way to prevent anyone from getting it 
but right now he's got her on vitamins, a certain type of vitamin. They're, I guess they're mega vitamins. And <clears throat> also I changed her diet. She has to have uh, one glass of red wine a day and also a lot of greens because that helps stimulate the body's immune system so that it doesn't create this situation with the macula which is part of your eye then you won't be able to see center vision you can see peripherally but you won't be able to see center vision so her color is kind of not quite right with her. Um, my grandma had a cataract in her eye, and then she picked out, like, a lazy boy recliner. And then after cataract surgery, she was like, I picked that color. <laughs> yeah, she can't see real clear So on her good eye, which is the right. And so what we're going to do is have, the, have it removed, and then she'll be able to see clear. Okay. So, so it was taking care of... Um, your mother like a full-time effort yes oh okay so do you get any time to breathe or do you sometimes I when I take her to the hairdresser and she's there for an hour or when I take her to the library she's there for two hours and she likes to read so this cataract being removed will help it a lot because that way she can continue to read the books that she likes to read and continue to go to the library so how is she coping now is she like buying the books with the bigger text yes she does she reads the books that have um the bigger text and they have a lot of them at the library i was really surprised yeah i would be surprised too i was gonna say when i over when i go to the bookstore it seems that the large print books are in a very, very tiny section, and, and then they're always the major, 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 major bestsellers. So your choice is rather limited of what you want to read. True, it is. She uses, if she reads with like a paperback or with one of the other ones, she uses a, a spyglass, you know, that magnifies it even more. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. My, my grandma had one of those for, I think, reading letters and everything like that. So, like, um, what do you, I mean, what brought you to Santa Ana? Well, I had lived up in Northern California, up in Placerville for a number of years, and I raised cattle for two of those four years I was there. And I just decided to move down here because I was in the mortgage business, and the business up there at that time was slowly declining and here was does very well so I moved here and I've lived here for about almost 30 years so you were in the mortgage business for 30 years 28 years yes I'm furious at what they did the last few years I've been livid over it are you livid that they kind of played a they kind of played a speculative game with everybody's houses by making money cheap to lend out. And then um, because money was so easy to get, that drove the prices up and then it kind of created a huge bubble. Is that what you're upset about? Yes. What happened was this, and that is that in the subprime industry, what they did was all the subprime lenders got together with um, a gentleman and he told them how to get in the more, uh, market and get out. Mm -hmm. 
and that created such a problem for everybody. Plus, they also put out a program that just about destroyed everybody who took the program. It started out at 1.05 or 1. whatever, 2.0 is what the, I think the highest I had seen. But in 12 months, it would jump up to what we call index plus margin, which would be what the going rate was at that time, which is about seven. So if your payment was about $1,400 a month, it would jump from 1400 to about $4,000 a month. And no one, whoever went into the, they qualified for the 1400 but the 4000 they wouldn't. Would that be considered an adjustable mortgage uh, interest rate? Uh, similar. Similar. Okay. Similar, yeah, because the jump would be huge, and then it would stay at the four thousand dollars a month. But most everybody who was in were in those type of loans didn't realize that at twelve months because they didn't read the paperwork. Plus, the loan officer didn't explain it to them, and that's a loan officer's job is to explain to the borrower what they're getting into, how it's going to work, that sort of thing, and that was not done. And so most of your people then had went into foreclosure because they couldn't do it. Now, there's another aspect to this that I just found out the other day, and that is that a lot of the documents that they filed for foreclosure are fraudulent, so they need to check their documents on the foreclosure. Now they can't find some of them. They were never assigned the note and the deed was never assigned to anybody because they were the people that were selling on the security backs, which is one of the ways that they sell your loan to another lender, they don't have the paperwork. They never finished it. And the problem is, is that that has to do with the, um, the servicing companies. And there's only five in the whole United States. Well, I think what they were doing is they were like bunching up a bunch of really bad loans and then putting little pieces in there. So it was really hard to say who owned what mortgage in the end when it did time come time to foreclose. But it's supposed to be recorded. That's why. And nothing has been recorded. And so a lot of these people are going to court and they're having a difficult time finding the pro uh, the paperwork. And I saw an episode on 60 Minutes earlier on Sunday. And there's a lady that is an attorney and she's also um, teaches the FBI on fraud. And her documents were fraudulently uh, created so that they could, you know, they could get past what it was. She went into foreclosure in July of 1988. Her documents were signed on the foreclosure as of October of 1988. That is clear fraud. Is this a woman in Florida that has been in a foreclosed house for 20-some years? No, this is a woman who is in Arizona. Oh, okay, because one time I checked my email and I just saw this story where she was foreclosed on illegally like in the same time period and she basically stayed in her house and fought it and then she's still fighting it and she's kind of out of spite letting the house go to shreds and just to kind of, if you do get it, you know, have fun with it. 
Well, the problem is, is that these people signed people's names that they had no business signing. And so, therefore, that is considered fraud. And they weren't the real person. And then the notary notarized all these documents, which is also another aspect of it. And they told all these people that what they were doing was legal when it wasn't. Yeah. Well, the the other weird aspect to the whole... um big foreclosure meltdown that's been happening in the last what what would you say four years it really picked up speed yeah um what's kind of weird about it is uh i one of my friends got foreclosed on and it was kind of done in a weird way and um every time they would fax documents to the bank and they would get a confirmation number from the fax machine of course they would the bank would go we don't have it and then you know they, they would never get documents on time because they would claim they never had it and so as we were moving them out of the house last summer, like neighbors never said, we're sorry to see you leaving. Um, I mean, it was, I mean, it's kind of like weird that it seems like everybody's pain is in this weird isolation chamber. And that's kind of one of the themes of the show today is, is why do you think like you don't have these like big community gatherings of like, let's help somebody move or, I mean, it just seems like um, your immediate neighbors, no one gives a really flying you know, F about anymore. It, it, it's really kind of strange and sad. Um, have, do you kind of notice that now? Or, or what do you think about that? Well, I, I'm of the mind that I'm, I've always been an outgoing person. And so my idea of talking to somebody is not a problem. I'm very open. And I think other persons are terrified of what's going on. They're afraid they're going to lose their job. They're afraid they're going to get evicted. They're just terrified of the whole situation. And I believe that that's probably why nobody talks to anybody because they're absolutely scared to death. I'm not. I know there is always a way to take care of something. And you have to believe in yourself in order to maintain or go beyond what's happening around you because of the fact that <clears throat> the only way it's going to change is if each of us changes it. Yeah. But at the same time, there I think there might be room for collective action where your neighbors rally around you at least make a cake to say goodbye. I mean, the people that moved out, I mean, they didn't even get that. I mean, the neighbors just kind of you know, would drive by and kind of slow down and kind of rubberneck at what's the spectacle of, you know, your furniture on your lawn, and then they would just drive off. I mean, why why is there such like a, it seems like every person's battle is very, very isolated to themselves now, and it's not like, you know, like somebody reaching out and, and helping as much as, it, as I would perceive it used to be. I'm not sure. Yes, during the years prior uh, people would rally around someone and help them out but that hasn't happened for a long time and I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that everybody's changed I mean uh, growing up we were more open because I know I'm older than you are and they had a different mindset in those days long about when my age group which is the baby boomers came along we became the generation that was very independent for ourselves and you know 
we took care of everything, basically. And I think that mindset has overwhelmed and continued. And when somebody's in trouble, they just go, oh, well, I can't help them, so I'm not going to. And that mindset needs to be turned around because if we help each other, then we will all survive this mess. Yeah, I, I think we ultimately will survive. But on, on a happier note, I mean, um, what gives you pleasure in life? What do you enjoy doing in your spare time? I know there's not. I know there's very, very few spots in between because you're taking care of your mother. Yeah. But yeah, uh, just in this on a happier note, would, would, is there any passions that you have? Actually, yes, I like car racing, <laughs> and I'm going to watch uh, the Kentucky Derby and the Triple Crown okay. are coming up, and I'm so excited about that because. The horses are so beautiful. They are magnificent athletes. And I watched um, Zenyatta last year. She was beautiful. I would love to see her in person because I like animals. I'm partial to them because I raised cattle for two years. When, when I was a kid, I used to get up at 5 in the morning. I could not sleep the morning of the Indianapolis 500. And so uh, the very first Kentucky Derby, I'm like, I, it was the same way. And I packed a bunch of snacks, and I was getting ready for a long haul. And then I was just ticked that it was one lap. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Sometimes they are. You know, it's just like, whoop, and it's done and over with. And you're going, okay, what happened? <laughs> yeah, I just can't imagine they put all that time and investment, and then in 45 seconds, it's over. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Plus, the women wear all these great big hats. You know, that's a phenomenon that's unbelievable because they it's such a big deal but I like it because I think it it fascinates me and when the queen was here and she queen elizabeth the second when she was here she went to the kentucky derby and I watched and oh it was wonderful I think there was a PBS documentary during that time, and then they show the Queen at the Kentucky Derby because she visited uh, George W. Bush at the same time, and then they showed the kind of preparation that went into the Queen's visit, and it's, like, beyond pale. I've never seen, like, they have little, like, tape measures to measure, make sure the forks are all lined, and I'm like, holy moly. <laughs> yes, they do. It's very precise because they had a uh, tea at the the embassy and also queen elizabeth actually yes the crown owns most of the eastern seaboard um, everybody thinks that japan owns most of the property here in the united states they they don't they're number three or number four on the checklist the first one is england because it, we were colonies of english yes. and so they come and check all their holdings that they have they go to canada in fact uh prince william and his bride-to-be kate middleton are after they're married they will be making a trip to canada oh, okay hopefully they'll be here but we hopefully they'll come here but uh, that may not be in the schedule that they have doesn't the queen still have kind of like, like a status still in Canada? Like she has some kind of like, it's it's a kind of a figurehead status, but it's more than she has here? Yes, she does. She That is part of her territory. And New Zealand is one of her other ones. 
and then uh, some parts of Africa, and then there's a whole bunch of other countries that they're involved in. And they those territories have to be managed, so they go and check on them. And the royal family at different times goes out and checks on them and reports back to the queen. Have you ever made it to uh, Buckingham Palace? No, I haven't, <laughs> but I understand it's absolutely huge. Yeah, it looks that way on the photos. Um, I've been to London, but just the airport, and we hovered over because I was on my way to Sweden, so I haven't quite done that yet. Well, it was great to meet you, and I'm going to go find some more people, and um, and we're, let's go find some more people around the apartment complex. And so I'm standing outside uh, my apartment complex, and actually I'm kind of near in a driveway and uh we probably should move there um so i am talking with another neighbor of mine i have never met before and it looks like she just got back from south coast plaza yes did you buy soap or what did you get there no i love bath and body works and at this moment they're having a sale um i love their candles their candles are very unique and that's the only candle that i Buy so at the moment they're having a sale in candles two for twenty and they're usually nineteen fifty each. Oh, okay, I think that store like everything is by fives if you buy them in bulk. That's very true. <laughs> Whenever I go there, I just can't ha buy just one thing. I have to come out with a few things. And then this, this time it was just two candles though. I think that's their game. So, um, so like, uh, what brings you to Santa Ana, and how long have you lived here? I've been here. Uh, for eight months, I was raised in Anaheim. I got married last July. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. And as a result, uh, my husband and I settled here. Um, it's close to the to where we both can work. We work five minutes away from here, so it was very convenient. Yeah, it would be, especially because we're in the vortex of hell traffic-wise. Yes, and what I like about this place, it's very close to the freeway, so it takes us literally anywhere in a matter of no time. Yeah, it, you can go uh, north, east, or, well, you can't really go east because the 22 ends pretty fast. Yeah, yeah. yeah but um, let's say if I want to visit my parents, we take the 5. If I want to visit um, his parents, we take the um, 22 east to the 55 south, so that's very convenient. If I want to go to the mall, it's just, you know, 5 minutes away from here, so this place just felt right. Yeah, I know what you mean, and I think the other thing that really feels right is, um, I don't know about you, but uh, I love going on hikes and I like going camping and this feels especially when the breeze comes up it feels like we could be in Yosemite Valley or something that's exactly right when we were looking for browsing for new apartments we just fell in love with the landscaping of this place and for me that I'm not a very um, I'm, not, I'm not a big fan of summer in the summer this place is about 10 degrees lower because of all the trees and all the plants and I just love the feeling that we get when we're here so I do agree with you on that there is a flip side, though. If there's high humidity, it traps it like a heat sink, and you just, like, sweat. <laughs> That's true, and the mosquitoes sometimes don't really help, but, you know, it's one thing for the other. Yeah, exactly, and the neat thing, too, is when you um, when you tell your friends where you live and they go on Google Earth, it's like, where's your apartment? Exactly. That's a very good point. We really want to stay away from family. He and I were both very close to our families, so when they do visit... Um, they always get lost, so they always require us to go find them, which is a plus for us. We don't want unexpected visitors at home. Yeah, that, that kind of makes the oopsies factor go down quite a bit. You know, how many UPS men have you got to their destination? 
You know, um, usually when I get something shipped, I get it shipped to my parents' house. Oh, okay. I don't really get it shipped here because I, for some reason, I just don't trust that I'll get it. <laughs> oh, I was meaning like okay, when I when I walk around here, there's like UPS men that are just like scratching their heads, going, "What the hell?" Very true. Yes, yes, yeah, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> so, um, so are you like um, how? And a lot of my friends are really eccentric, and so I don't think. A lot of them are in relationships for very long, and I, I don't know a lot of them that are married in my friend group. Like, how did you and your husband meet? Uh, we met at church. Um, that was, a, like, a very a point where we met. And then after that, we, we, you know, we hit it off. He and I went to school. I went to school. We have a lot of the same common, um, um, you know, common likes. Um, he likes music. I like music. I like sports. He likes sports. So I think it's just when it's meant to be, it's very easy. Um, it's like a magnet, and it just happens. What kind of sports do you guys watch together? Of course, ba- um, basketball. He is a big Lakers fan, and I do a lot of running. So, you know, he comes with me in my jogs, and we have a trail right behind, so that's really helpful. Oh, cool. How, what's your longest jog? Uh, about six miles for now, but I'm hoping maybe next year I can do a half a marathon. Wow. <laughs> that's pretty amazing. Um, what? Would you say that, like, you know a lot of people that are having relationships issues, like friends of yours that you would go, why aren't they together? Because it seems like there's a lot of my friends that just have, you know, one hell of a time finding somebody that's compatible. Is that something that seems like that's more of an issue now and more people are a little more neurotic or... I think as time, um, I know that a lot of friends have told me you've been very um, fortunate to find you know, your soulmate to find the other half. And I also, I do agree on that. I think I know a lot of friends who are, you know, very beautiful, very successful. They have everything going for themselves and they just can't find the other, their other half or their soulmate. Um, And honestly, don't have a a big, uh, a right answer for that. It's just, if it's meant to be, it's meant to be. But I do know that it's getting harder as time passes. Do you think it's, here's a theory, do you think if it, the longer you remain single, the weirder you get, and then, like, vice versa, so it makes it even harder to put the puzzle pieces together? I think you do get picky, more picky, or your expectations are higher, or just learn to um, accommodate a certain lifestyle, and then later on, as time progresses, and if you do find a certain person, you're not willing to accommodate. Do you think also maybe that you've had past loves that went wrong and then you know what you're looking for specifically and there's no one quite like that again. Yeah, that's very true. Um, you have to heal and forget and treat each person like if it was a brand new experience and never bring old baggage, of course. Yeah. So um, as far as your career and jobs, I mean, every one of the things in American culture is everybody's judged on what they do. I mean, what do you like to do? I mean, do you like your job? And if so, um, is it like something exhilarating where you can spend 12 hours at it and it feels like four? Or is it something where you want to come home and have, you want to be you? Um, I love my job. It's, it's, it's right there. And when I mean perfect, it's just perfect in, in timing. It does reflect it's eight hours. I, I mean, I don't feel like I'm there for four, but then again, I don't feel like I'm there for 16 or 12. Yeah. I think it's just, it's just perfect. It's just what it's meant to be. Cool. Well, it was nice to talk to you. And um, would it, just a closing thought, it, um, it looks like it's going to rain. Are you, what's your plans for the weekend in case it does? Um, my plans for the weekend, stay indoors. I have a couple birthday parties. I have a couple bridal showers. I'll do that. I like it that it rains, um, especially, like I said, here. You just see 
the entire ambience and the entire <laughs> landscaping is very beautiful. So I'll stay indoors, of course. Yeah, I, the other thing that's a drawback is the stray drips. Like it stopped raining for a few hours and then it's like drip, drip, drip. Yeah, very true. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks again and I'll let you get going. Um, so I think that's this week's show. And um, so what's kind of interesting about the show so far is, is that no, you would think with uh, everybody sharing everything on Facebook that people would be more uh, less apprehensive to talk to somebody with a microphone, but it's it's harder than it, it seems to find people that are willing to talk to you. The other unfortunate part of the show is that um, this show seems cursed. Uh, the first show I had, it was about weather like this where it looks like it's about the rain and people decline because they want to get warm, which is totally understandable. So I've had two shows where I taped and it's about the rain. And then um, after I taped the last show, uh, I got food poisoning where I was even, even vomiting up Pepto-Bismol in water. And this week's tragedy is my on the way to back to my apartment complex. Um, <laughs> the, 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 the check engine light went on and I almost didn't make it back to the apartment. So I hope the show isn't cursed and I hope show three something drastically bad doesn't happen, but you never know with those things. So um, I'm Heather McCoy, and I hope you enjoyed listening to the show today. And, uh, and uh, stay tuned for Newha and uh, Limbaugh for Liberals, and have a great Wednesday afternoon.